0: deep shall we
1: you're listening to some depth november edition (laughs) even daisy
0: we're a place for friendship feminism and cultural cuddly bits
1: we want to keep you keen while you quarantine keep you up to date while you isolate
0: we only have 30 minutes to rock your world but knowing some of you that won't be a problem (laughs) Uh, we could just pause for the angelus She can't beat it. Oh, so I can't believe she invented She invented socialism.
1: Mm. I know, and that message would ring so much truer for me if I had a job at the moment. But, she, but the thing is,
0: I mean, you are quite busy doing a master's. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, that's not. true. But she is incredibly good at just disappearing, having a private life, mm-hmm. and then reappearing and giving books to children yeah it's all
1: she does no 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 it's true did I do you know that when she's just hanging out with her husband because her husband like fancies the private life yeah doesn't yeah. really love me on top of the glamour. A bit did like myself. Okay. I don't know if you told me this back, mm-hmm. but whenever she's in public with her husband she wears wigs like brown wigs and like doesn't dress as doggy oh no yeah, that's yeah. so sweet. she tries to like play it down yeah she's like oh I go which with is gas. funny
0: because like to her, Dolly Stage, Dolly is a stage costume. It's kind of like drag. It's drag. I think she said it was drag. I That's think. iconic. What I do think we need to point out for anyone who's confused listening to this is that Dolly Parton has donated books to children yes. in Cork, which in is court. why she features in The Angeles this week.
1: And um, do you know now do you know do you know how I know that? Go on, tell me. Because earlier this week. In our usual morning routine, Eve stuck on Marty in the morning. We have to do it. It's an inevitable part of our morning, and it wakes us both up, and it's comforting and reassuring. It makes me feel like I'm at home. Yeah. And Marty talked about Dolly and her incredible charity, Working Cork, which I had no idea was going on. Which is yeah. shocking for a Dolly Parton stand, but there you go. And next thing, next thing...
0: AA road watch
1: This leads us right into our planned shout out For this episode (laughs) But Mr. Johnny Burton Can we have a clap for Mr. Johnny Burton Good man Johnny I was hearing Marty's iconic voice Overlapping with this really familiar UCD voice And I was trying to place it And I was like oh my god Where do I know those dulcet charming tones Belfield FM Belfield FM So Johnny well done for doing the traffic know updates yeah it's
0: actually my favorite thing for anybody who's living away from home at the moment and feeling a bit home sick in this pandemic what I love to do is listen to the traffic updates from home mm. because one it makes me feel a little closer to home like picturing you know all the traffic on the N four that day but also it makes me happy that I'm not sitting in that traffic yeah so, double whammy
1: yeah I also anyway. love to hear about the red cow because as somebody who did exams there it's yeah. nice to know that it still exists and I never have to go there ever again
0: amazing you know uh, unless you have somewhere to go on the M7 <laughs> um, Tell me, do you have any other shoutouts, Daisy?
1: Yes, I have one more Our good friend Jeff Allen continues to release fabulous episodes of Extrapolator Podcast Woo! I have listened to two full ones now Which is great, uh, which is an amazing record for my attention span when it comes to podcasts and knows. And the way he puts these together They are so well produced, so well thought out and yeah i've been loving them
0: yeah as a podcast even uh, i listen to them while i cycle and i just find them very good for he has he's actually written the music for them for himself so like in between you know points that he's making the musical play which is also a nice break for anyone who's Mm -hmm. like concentrating on something else while they're listening but um yeah it's called extrapolator go on to spotify search it and put it in your ear holes yeah Okay, do you have anything you did on the internet this week, Daisy? As if we don't sit across from each other for eight hours a
1: day, every day. <laughs> don't you even ask me that question. You <laughs> we have the same browser you yeah. But not really. I mean, this week, I was, as you know, I've had like a ton of masters shite to do. So I haven't really done too much internet browsing but um we have been watching quite a few good series yes on netflix um one of which i don't know if anybody knows this reality tv show but it's called next in fashion oh it's i don't know if anyone's heard of it like call in. <laughs> no i don't know message me or something i want to discuss it because i got very emotionally invested in some of these um, it's lives oh yeah they basically the show is run by alexa Chung or is hosted by alexa chong and tan france from queer eye and um, it's basically like project one right, except it starts out with everyone in two-person teams yeah then it ends up in single person uh, competitors and it's like heart-wrenching
0: yeah what I'll say is because I don't like project one way and I, 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 I've never actually really enjoyed a reality show before because There always comes a point when they're very clearly you know uh, exploiting these people who are Mm -hmm. like not doing so well in their lives but what's so great about next in fashion is that you are watching people who have been in the fashion industry as designers like on average maybe between them like 15 years yeah they're really really talented designers but their names just haven't been out there because they've been working under you know armani or Mm -hmm. under whatever other name and it's really, really great to see because they are people at the top of their game and they're coming in and getting the job done. It's yeah. so,
1: so interesting to watch. Yeah, and they're, like, as you say, fairly represented with, like, respect. I feel like on Project Runway you'd have an amateur designer and, you know, maybe he wouldn't be portrayed so well or mm-hmm. she would Trauma vomiting to the camera, and it would feel terrible, and then they would get kicked off, and you know, it was just kind of
0: yeah, it doesn't feel good in this age. It's so icky. This is a very good representation of how reality shows should probably yeah. run. One thing that I think I should mention of what we've been doing on the internet I hope it's not weird, but I'm gonna say it anyway, probably. listeners, all seven of you. Gather around because I have a tip for <laughs> for for when you need to feel a little bit less isolated in this pandemic. And I say this is someone who's living with their best friend, but I still miss the atmosphere of sitting in a cafe yes, while yeah. I'm getting my work done. Especially sitting in a cafe with Daisy just sitting at a table with Daisy, but just in a cafe getting <laughs> our work done. So what what we've been doing is we've been putting on Cafe Ambiance on YouTube and there's different ones with specific so Daisy and I have figured out our specific sound that we like we like chitter-chatter in the background Mm. we like jazzy music we like maybe a little bit of sound of like a breeze going by a a murmur of a crowd a murmur of a crowd exactly what we do not like in these um, ambiance videos is when there is uh, the sound of coffee or water pouring because it just sounds like um, using the laboratory and we also don't like it when the um, you can hear too much clinking of glasses but once you once you find your route mm. i mean it's just there's seven hours of uninterrupted
1: video honestly it's incredible you stuck it on today and i worked so solidly it yep. was great it's really really good for your focus
0: yeah so any extroverts out there who miss sitting in public and people watching while you're pretending to work on your laptop
1: yeah. this is for you that's
0: for you this, we know your pain.
1: also for like um writer's block and stuff Hey now <laughs>
0: been on the internet enough recently to get annoyed at anybody to block them, but um, <laughs> I do have some people that are actually in our network that I might block, um, but I can't shout them out. Oh, anyway, um, p- speaking of blocking, I have uh, st- began following some YouTube bloggers, and it basically started with Hannah Downey, shout mm. out to Hannah, recommending me uh, just over a year ago that I follow the Anna edit on YouTube. <gasps> who is i mean for anyone like me who cannot handle any kind of chaos or no, like she, chaotic yeah conversation on the internet the anna edit is so good she's so calming she just talks you through the same outfit, outfit that she wears every day varying between gray and beige and her
1: jumpers i mean yeah. amazing she's she's the queen of a good pair of leather boots yeah, know what I mean? And and that's exactly what I need. And there's no tat in that wardrobe. No, They're, those are
0: all good pieces. Exactly. And she's also just, she seems like just a genuinely sound gal. She's, you know, pretty open, pretty chill. Like, but like no trauma vomiting. Um, but also you know you kind of feel like you know her a little bit. Sometimes yeah. I just have
1: my little marmalade on toast and then I just sit down for my Anna moment. So I think everybody needs those things. Yeah. I think I'm not as as routine as you and my habits like i change it up a lot to like for what comforts me so for this week um it's it's videos of wolf of irish wolf and puppies Ooh. and then like another week it'll be i don't know watching trixie and katia or something i don't know mm. it kind of varies but i think it's important to have something like a 15 minute video where you can sit and take a break and have a oh yeah absolutely absolutely will we move on to our poetry turntable i would like to very much Um, So I picked this poem, it's called How to Meditate by Jack Kerouac, and I picked it because I've been vexed by an inability to meditate for a very long time. People have been talking about mindfulness and meditation more and more and more. I think it's okay not to be able to meditate if you can't focus. I just do yoga, that's my version of it. Yes. Um, Anyway, I will kick it off. Lights out, fall. Hands are clasped into instantaneous ecstasy, like a shot of heroin or morphine. The gland inside of my brain discharging the good, glad fluid, holy fluid, as I hap down and hold all my body parts down to a dead stop trance healing. All my sicknesses erasing, all not even the shred of a I hope you were a loony balloon left in it, with the mind blank, serene. Thoughtless. When a thought comes as springing from afar, it's held forth figure of image. You spoof it out, you spuff it off, you fake it, and it fades, and thought never comes. And with joy, you realize for the first time thinking's just like not thinking, so I don't have to think anymore. Wow, yeah.
0: What an interesting perspective on like. That moment where you realize that busyness
1: that's in your head, yeah, like doesn't have to be there, mm. Mm. yeah, and it's very much like you know, the Hane song, um, oof, what's it called? Um, now I'm in it, the way she picks up, um, the singer picks up. Tempo when she gets to the bridge, and it's meant to resemble um, a, a train of thought in depression. That's yeah. just that that holds so much meaning, but never gets fully formed. Yeah, that's what it resembles to me. I, th- I think that might be your carrot cake. That's my carrot cake. <laughs> <laughs> just excuse
0: me a moment while
1: I. Neve makes the most delicious carrot cakes, guys. Just just to let you know. And today she's made one. She let me um she she actually asked me to break up the walnuts and put in the hazelnuts to the mix. I've never had it with hazelnuts Me. She's looking well. I actually haven't either, but I thought why not live on the why edge? <laughs> <laughs> live dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell, we leave a, we lead a very peaceful life. We live a very, very peaceful life any lovely
0: poems that you'd like to read yes i actually have there's this um there's this uh site it's actually on wordpress it used to be on Medium. no it used to be on wordpress i think now it's medium but i remember i started kind of following it like during the leaving cert time when my d- obsession with ivan boland really kind of oh, yeah. started to develop and essentially it's called Poethead, and it was started in 2008 and it's basically a platform self-organized by women and non-binary people in the poetry scene in Ireland and in the creative scene. So it's actually one of only two Irish publishing platforms that host indices centered around women's literary art. Mm. So it's an incredible um, thing. And what I'll quote here from Yvonne Boland on it, again, this is directly from Yvonne Boland, so it's just featured on the site. I wanted to hear the narrative of someone else, a woman and a poet who has gone here and been there.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And it's just, it's reforming our perception of poetry like away from even like female poets that are seen as being important because, you know, the patriarchal structures have decided that they are. So anyway, the poem that I've decided to read is actually from Drogheda. Shout out, Ooh. Bo. Um, her name's Leanne Quinn, and she actually published um, a new collection called Some Lives um, on um, the 1st of October this year. So I'll be reading Scenes from a Life. I begin. Hanging by a hook on the wall, mirroring the mirror, she has stitched leaves for wings, a remedy for boredom. Riven by the absence of stone, she burns down a suburb made of wood. Slumped, her own body slumped under a tree. Her own body, excuse me, my uh, Microsoft Word there decided to. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, we're going to actually have to start again. My, my, I don't know if anybody else is in trouble it. trouble with the most recent Microsoft Word just auto scanning, but here we are. Scenes from a life, hanging by a hook on the wall, mirroring the mirror. She has stitched leaves for wings, a remedy for boredom. Riven by the absence of stone. She burns down a suburb made of wood, slumps her body under a tree as a good place to lie down forever. On the brittle foliage she thinks, if the soul has a texture, it would feel like this.
1: Wow. It's such an interesting contrast between a very pulpy feeling to a soul mm-hmm. and a very brittle, kindlingy feeling to what's around you. Yes. And how quickly that can all just go the flames like a suburb made of wood. Mm. Like, everything can just vanish, but at the end of the day, you have your soul. Yes. What I think is funny, and it
0: was funny, as soon as you began reading your Karawak poem, I realised the connection between... And we had not actually discussed this beforehand. This happens all the time. But this happens all the time. It's it, it, The connection that I see between the two this week is rituals that people have been building especially in the pandemic for coping with boredom and for coping with lack of stimulation and for moving away from being busy in other aspects of your life and moving to stitching or moving to meditation yes. and moving to places that are more yes exactly that yeah. are more mindful for people so i suppose this is more of a an active mindfulness whereas i would see the car work one is more of like a meditative one but... i think uses such strong imagery in it
1: though really fiery mm. and then also really delicate which is just a really nice contrast. Comfortable... incredible do you have a second one you'd like to read? From? I do. I have a quick one. I just wanted to quickly honour Louise uh, Glück. I think that's how you pronounce it. Glück, the umlaut on the u. Uh, she's an American poet who was awarded the Nobel Prize laureate this month. So I just wanted to acknowledge her her um, 100th anniversary. Well, November has hit Paris again. The Times records a mean temperature of 38, bunched about the madeleine, flower sellers ostrich the future with their noses rigorously immersed in stale roses, or so I remember. Incredibly, it was the 21st last week, and my affections turned out limber after all. Oh Stephen, we'd have been married now. I've still got our china, some broken and some linen. But the first I really thought of you, for months, was just tonight. When with my fork suspended, I was saying how I loved New York. What a
0: capturing of a scene. I know. It's a, It kind of sounds like a passing moment that you have of a thought that is really important and then it flies out of your head.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. A memory, nearly. Yeah. But she, what I liked was that of. Co- like the reference to November, and then the shock of remembering what date it was. I mean, I feel like that's something a recurring nightmare for all of us. Yes. We're like, oh my god, it's November. Oh my god, it's this day, and then thinking where we were a year ago, two yeah. years ago, and it. I, I suppose that is what an anniversary is, isn't it? It's a yes. moment of reflection. So. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful book It is beautiful. Um, for sure. I will read
0: my second one by. Not even a trespass of sky to compromise the dark where the blood beats in the body of my heart. Nobody thinks, why do we do this? The nervous system ferries its thin shards of glass down among the clay where the blunt flint of soul remains. Pollen embedded in the riverbed, a prehistory of refuse in the lower layers. Every end is a chance to start over, but the river cannot start again. Where the voice in the cave speak in a righteous tongue. The body too gives away as the blood deposits its memory. In the tributaries of the cave, the sky pushed out, the heart, yet to know, it can go without.
1: Look, again, she's really good at capturing life-like imagery. Yes. And like, in the last one, she had all this fire and kindling wood, and now she has blood and water and rivers as veins yes i mean that's it's incredible the way she goes the end the end can't start again what was it the end can't start again the river can't start again yeah and i
0: agree to me i see it as somebody who has grown and experienced a process of aging and has moved into the next chapter of their life and they're looking back on their life as the river, and she's saying to she's saying to them, the river cannot start again. The river is already here, right. but you are in a position to explore the tributaries of the cave, and you are in a position to eventually learn that you can go without mm-hmm. all that has come along the river,
1: which is an interesting commentary of, uh, on unlearning things and trying to separate ourselves from biases. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a great poem on, on kind of reflection on trauma.
0: She's really talented. she is incredibly talented. Um, do you have anything that you would like to share in terms of a hot take? Oh, leave.
1: Oh. Again, <laughs> scalding. Again, because we live together, I feel like you probably know nearly all of these. But we may have the same hot takes. We may <laughs>
0: because we've been sitting in
1: osmosis actually there is one there is one and it was inspired by a tweet from um self-proclaimed stay-at-home rapper mango Dassel. oh gorge i love that i just loved it came up a few weeks ago and i've been thinking about it ever since but he's he mentioned that you know the fact that we have three apps over the past decade constantly asking us what we think swapping opinions for serotonin it's affected our ego crucially so we feel like we've, we've engaged in a trade of, mm. of, of our thoughts versus serotonin and that has been built into our character and now we fancy ourselves as experts on various topics Yeah, and I think that's, that happens particularly for our generation
0: absolutely and I think it goes back to I think it's a conversation maybe it didn't happen on the podcast but you've definitely pointed out to me before that a lot of what happens on the kind of deep internet the deep alt-right kind of yes. neckbeard side of the internet is not people expressing views that they even themselves believe to be true exactly. but trying to express the most outrageous one Yes, yes. and it kind of goes back to that that like that's connected to the se-
1: sense of serotonin that you get from being validated by that absolutely and I would go farther to say you know if you're on a university zoom maybe some of the listeners can relate to this If you're on a university Zoom and everybody knows that FaceTime with the lecturer is the main goal, sometimes you could be pushed to say something that you don't actually believe, but something that is outrageous enough to start a conversation, to get some FaceTime with the lecturer, Mm. and to actually start quite a harmful conversation. Something you wouldn't say if you were sitting next to them in class. Well, some people can be quite brazen in the classroom, I would say. How about you?
0: So, this is one that I actually thought of during the week, and then I said to you, okay, Daisy, I have something to speak to you about when it comes to um, the Irish version of apologising. And it was something that occurred to me Um, I was listening to a podcast, Call Your Girlfriend, um, with Anne Friedman and Amina Tiso, which you know I'm obsessed with. Um, But I was listening, and they were talking about, you know, giving thanks, and the kind of art of giving thanks, and giving thanks without, you know, without making it seem like you are indebted to that person. Sometimes you can just say thank you. Anyway, what it made me think about was... In English, we say thank you, which is a direct individual exchange between me and the person that I'm thanking. But in Irish, we say, which is saying, you have performed an act of kindness. May good come to you now. Yes. And it's this whole idea of acts of kindness being rewarded by an act of kindness coming to them. And it's not necessarily that it's owed to them, but you're wishing mm-hmm. upon them that kindness will also meet them.
1: It's nearly karmic in yes. a sense. Yes, absolutely and thanking seems like a duty. Mm-hmm. But blessing someone is not a duty. It's something you go out if you will to do. You see yes. make make good come upon you. Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah. So that was an interesting thought that I had during the week about, you know, our irish understanding of what it is to thank someone definitely definitely comes from
1: the giving irish ego as well mm. you know the free irish spirit Let's not get into that the week <laughs> that's another episode that's a whole other episode <laughs> okay i don't mean to dweeb it out real strong for a second here but i'm hoping that everybody listening is a fan of harry potter and knows what harry potter is and maybe has watched it is that a stretch no okay so <laughs> we were talking about patronuses earlier this week yes and we had a really interesting conversation because i took a test on muggle net and my patronus was revealed disgustingly to be a crow and i hate crows and i have feared crows my whole life and we were discussing why it could have been maybe processed by muggle net to be said you didn't particularly like yours either which is a dragonfly i think dragonflies are cool i do too but they're also non-sentient creatures (laughs) (laughs) they're insects they're still pretty cool i mean if it was a really big dragon anyway (laughs) it was a really big dragonfly but my point was that i realized patronuses are not necessarily related to your personality but rather the personality of somebody in your life who you might consider, or at one point considered, to be your protector. Interesting. And I think that is accurate because the, what the Patronus is doing is protecting you. It's not an extension of yourself. And if you think about Harry Potter's Patronus, it was his father's or his, his parent, you yeah. know, who actually literally did protect him.
0: I mean I'm tar- sorry to dork it out even further but what I will well, say ahead. that might put a, a grit in that wheel is that anime guy also transform into what is also their like Patronus so okay. Patronus is part protection but it is also part like your, your sense of self
1: well I thought that and then because I thought about Hermione and hers is an author, which I've always thought of it as just an extension of herself but then I thought well Hermione is such an independent person she's her own protector but she's not an anime guy. No, I know, but as in, it's your perception of who protects you the most. Oh, yes, of so course. So it could yeah. be yourself. Mm-hmm. But in most people's cases, we've had a protector, be it like an older brother, a best friend, mm-hmm. a parent. Yes. That kind of thing. Interesting. Well,
0: shout out to the dragonfly in my life. <laughs> I can only imagine who you are. I think I know who it is. I thank you. So- I thank you dearly. Um, I will give hot take here that is and again Daisy I think being in a country away from the environment that we've grown up in where where we have grown up as 90% you know Irish Christian and then even more Irish Catholic definitely um I have been thinking a lot about spirituality and, and theories around God um, and I, I, I mean it's, it's obvious to you but just to the listeners I mean I am an atheist and all the rest but um, the concept of God I've been thinking about and the power bestowed in God by all of the major religions as the creator of life mm. I see as a tool for removing the absolute power that women hold and people with uterus in that unique ability to create life. Only someone with a uterus can create life. Right. It is not something that a masculine god can craft with his hands. Okay. Life creation yeah. is, it happens in somebody with a uterus. Mm. And I think that if god were a person they would be a woman or a person with a uterus. They would be a birth giver. But even that Idea that it's one person that creates the whole world goes back to that, you know, innate sense of power over everything. Whereas the real power comes in the performance of our bodies in the creation of life.
1: Yeah, that that's a really interesting thought. I never thought of it that way because you could think of so in the Hindu tradition, it's Krishna. He's Mm -hmm. the creator, but he's also the destroyer. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that that. Actually, was the same as our God, but that no one wanted to admit it. <laughs> that He is the Creator. When I was at school, I genuinely believed this. So I was like, He is the Creator, but He's also the Destroyer. But he's the Devil. We can't as well. talk about mm-hmm. the fact that He destroys everything and He gives us sin. That's that's just something we all just know, mm-hmm. but we just can't acknowledge it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But actually, now that makes much more sense. That He's the image of God is masculine, but it's a farce. It's a well. I mean
0: i, I say yes exactly <laughs> yeah. i say this
1: i say this as someone
0: who i see organized religion as that it's an organized pa- patriarchal power structure and it has you know it has motivations beyond simply connecting people spiritually and it's played a foundational role in the creation of you know human society and a huge part of that is removing agency from the people who are actually able to create life
1: absolutely there was a really good piece in the irish times this week and i regret not knowing the name i can't remember her name who wrote it and um, but she talked about how spirituality is central to the irish practice of life oh yes and but we reject ordered religion mm-hmm. and it creates hypocrisy among us because we have trouble. We we just aren't meant for it. The way she described it is actually wonderful. If you if you were on the Arch Times this week and saw this opinion piece by a female journalist I can't remember her name she's anything. But it was it's basically what you were saying to me, that you you know, like the spirituality is central. Mm-hmm. But creating an organised situation actually negates belief. Yes. And creates power structures.
0: But it's the same thing, I mean, we had this conversation after reading the article is that, you know, Irish people the the practice of Catholicism that we have is only a very thin veil of Catholicism over what is a huge practice of paganism. Yes, And this whole thing of, yes. you know, Bridget was a saint, she was not a goddess of sun. I'm like, well, London. that's a fairly wonky you out there, Bridget, a... and isn't it made of grass? <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> is, it, is it not bringing in a harvest season? You know, like, all of these things that, you know, yeah. that we say a prayer to Saint Anthony as if Anthony is a god of lost things. Yeah. This idea that saints have to exist at all because that had to be applied to these deeply held beliefs that Irish people would not let go of this yeah. deeply held belief of explaining the world around them to themselves and there ab- was no way that they were going to give up St. Bridget
1: we absolutely adapted Catholicism to paganism mm-hmm. and that's what our version of it is because as we were saying this earlier we were saying you know Catholicism in the US if you ask a Catholic about a bible number he'll tell you about corinthians he'll tell because that's what sunday school is for he learned all about mm-hmm. like the different references and the different stories we were just sort of given it we had to just wait an hour until we could go home and have our sunday lunch and they were like oh yeah but you know everything was an, a parentheses active metaphor yeah. including transubstantiation and it seemed like there was a kind of an undertone of okay we don't all actually yeah you know just play along because we need your man in the robes and we need the incense and And sure this is
0: it yeah uh it's funny because you were talking earlier about your perception of god when you were younger and this is this is what has me like wondering you know uh, children's ability to process spirituality because when i was a child i assumed that in the same way you were told the tooth fairy wasn't real mm. and then when you got to a certain age you were told santa wasn't real i assumed that you got to an age where you were told oh god isn't real either. <laughs> that was the same
1: i could just picture a baby neve just like checking her watch being like when yeah. is someone yeah,
0: yeah I'm, I'm assuming that we're all gonna have this chat at some point because there's no way i mean i'd i'd actually believe the tooth fairy ahead of believing this whole thing about god oh absolutely yeah you know
1: that makes more sense but, but see this is it so we have like natural biases we, we are, I'm more inclined we talked about fairies and pixies earlier this week mm-hmm. I talked about the movie The Borrowers we'll talk about it in another episode but um, you, we have a more deep-seated inclination to believe stories of little um, mischievous creatures yes. than we are to believe of one lad who decides stuff yes. so if a child comes to me when I'm older and goes I've lost it I've lost it I need to pray to Saint Anthony and maybe he'll decide to give me my toy back I'll be like, that's such a toxic thing for you to believe. It was taken by Pixies. Yeah. And you don't know when it's coming back and